Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And today we're talking all about journaling, which I'm very excited about because one of my New Year's resolutions was to start a journal. And I have been avidly doing my line a day journal since the beginning of the year. I've barely missed any. So I'm very excited to hear how I can level up my journaling practice. I think we have a lot of fellow five-year journalers in the, in, I was about to say in the crowd, <laughs> listeners. So hopefully it's helpful for everyone. Yeah. But before we get into it, tell me your high. My high is that I feel like a very proud friend because my friend Ayana Lage, who some of you I think has been on Battle Paper before. She has, and I think, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we went to college together and we actually didn't start becoming very close friends until after college. But she recently published a story on Cosmo about her experience with postpartum psychosis. I know it's something that she has worked on for so many years and it was obviously such a traumatic and difficult thing to go through and a difficult thing to watch her go through. And the way that she put it into this essay and the story and the way that I think it's going to help people learn more about this thing, which I honestly had had no idea about and be more open about it, I think is just so amazing. And I'm so inspired by like just her strength as a human being and proud of her. So we will put it in the show notes so you can check it out. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really proud. That's amazing. I'm such a fan of Ayana's and I'm so thrilled that I've seen this article everywhere. Yeah, she's, she's the best. What is your high? Um, my high is a little less serious. My high <laughs> is that I have a new fridge. That's still great. <laughs> um, I was telling you before we started recording, my standards are basically on the floor from having lived in New York City apartments for most of my adult life that I feel like I got such a nice upgraded new fridge. But I think anyone else, anywhere else in the country would walk into my apartment and be like, that's a kind of crappy fridge. But I had like, it was probably from the 90s, like a white old school like fridge on the top refrigerator. My new one's chrome. Do you want to know the part that I am most impressed by? Please, please tell. So in my old refrigerator, the freezer didn't have a shelf in it. It was just one big black hole. I assume at some point it had a shelf and it broke or somebody took it with them. So I'm really... As one does. As one does. I'm really thrilled with having a shelf in my freezer. Like that's how low my standards are. Congratulations. It's a shelf on which to put your Trader Joe's mini pigs in a blanket. Yeah, exactly. Why do I want it? Pastry pastry puffs. I was like, why is that word coming to my head? Delightful. Delightful. I feel like I'm living in the lap of luxury and I'm so, oh, the most annoying part about not having a fridge is I am a home coffee person. And I mm, want to have my yes. coffee first thing and needing to leave the house, needing to put on clothes and leave the house to get it. It was so annoying because I sleep in a nightgown or shorts. And so I can't just wear what I wore to sleep to get coffee. I don't know. Yeah, it it's, really it's threw me It's a whole other off. mental thing you have to like, okay, I have to go outside into the world. I have to check the weather. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Anyway, it's silly, but I'm I'm in heaven. It's not silly. I was going to say, I feel like with each passing year, 
the joy and excitement I get from household appliances just just skyrockets. Mm -hmm. It's moving upward. Watch out. If I ever move to a new apartment where I have enough counter space to get one of those pebble ice makers, it's all you're going to hear about for six months. You know, we're not renovating our kitchen for like at this rate. I don't even know when, when we'll have money to do it. But I did look into installing one of those. Do you know how much they cost? It's like thousands and thousands of dollars if you want one like in a drawer. It's horrifying. Oh, I was just looking at the countertop one, which is very expensive. I currently have no counter space for it, but yeah. One day. The joy, the joy of Pebble Ice iced coffee every morning. I don't know. I don't know if you can put a price on that. You have a good point, especially when your whole life is iced coffee as, as yours is. Yeah. It makes my life sound pretty small, small and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great to me. What about lows? My low, I don't know. I went back and forth of what to put for this. I feel like I've just had a few days this week where I just... Do you ever have a day where you're like, I suck at everything? Sure. You're like, I'm terrible at what I do. I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing that right. Do you ever have the feeling where you're like, I'm doing my best and my best sucks right now? Yes, exactly. Like, I'm trying so hard at this and yet it's not working in whatever way. Right. And I feel like I feel better now and I'm like moved out of those days. But I just had a couple of days where I was just like, man, what's the point of me? <laughs> oh, Olivia. That sounds more dramatic than it actually was. But I just I just was in like a low, a general low. Uh, but. I'm moving back up to a good mood, so that's good. Good. What is your low? My low is not very low, but I'm I'm a touch overscheduled this week. I have, I think, in total six or seven different plans in the city this week. And so I live in Brooklyn. I'm only one subway stop into Brooklyn, but it takes – anytime I have to go into the city, it's half an hour to 45 minutes just with, like, walking to the subway and waiting for the train and whatnot. It's – not it's not stressful, but I'm like, oh, I did whole this thing. to myself. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So, what I'm, kind of plans are these? All social plans. Like, I um, I have a friend in town this week who's staying in the city, so you know, of course, I'm going to go in and and see her. I'm like, I have fun dinner plans tomorrow. I'm going to see Selino versus Barnes the play on <laughs> Sunday night. So they're all fun plans. They're all things I want to do. But I'm just I really packed it in this week, and I'm like, huh, there is a lot of subway riding this week. Which is so funny. I know that feeling. Because I feel like pre-pandemic, not when I lived here, but like, you know, I would take the subway every day to work and it would be, you know, like a half hour commute. And I have just gotten so out of shape when it comes to commuting that it feels it feels so insurmountable. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I was just telling you I had to drive Jake to the train station this morning Having to like wake up and do that and realizing I used to like commute to work every day and that was just part of things I didn't think about. Crazy. It seems crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. <sighs> We're very lucky to work for ourselves. My gosh. Absolutely. Well, let's take right. a little ad break and then get into this interview. Today's episode is sponsored by Pros. I have always been a little self-conscious about my hair. My hair is really fine, and overall, it's just a little bit meh. But over the past few years, I have been having a hair renaissance. And 
literally my hair has never looked better. And I attribute that to my custom formula shampoo and conditioner from Pros, which I have been loyally using for the last three years. And I feel like you might be inclined not to trust me because this is an ad, but I swear it's true. Like that is the change. And I'm newer to Pros, but also a convert. I got started by taking their in-depth hair quiz, which asks you everything from your hair goals to your styling routine to your exercise routine and your zip code so they can take into account environmental factors as well. They analyze over 85 factors to come up with a completely custom formula to address your needs. So what I get and what Becca gets, while we do choose the same perfect fragrance, in my opinion, I agree. and what you get will all be completely different and customized to your own unique hair type and goals. And one of my favorite things about Pros is that it gets better and better over time with their review and refine feature. So when you go to reorder, they ask you how they did, and then you can tweak the formula. And I also think this is why my hair has never gotten used to the product like it has with other brands in the past, where something is great for six months and then it kind of stops working. Like I've never had that happen. And you don't just have to take our word for it. Trying Pros is completely risk-free. If you're not positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had. They'll take your products back, no questions asked. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash BOP. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash BOP for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. So today we have Amber Burns on the podcast, who has actually been on Bad on Paper before to share some of her most anticipated summer reads last year, I believe. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Amber is a writer and content creator based in Philadelphia. She's also the host of the Thank You for Asking podcast and an avid journaler and reader and one of my personal favorite follows on Instagram, too. Welcome, Amber. Welcome back to the podcast, Amber. I'm so excited to talk about all things journaling with you because I feel like you are my journaling, scrapbooking, collaging, recording of my life inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to inspire all of those things in your life. <laughs> Every time you post something, it just makes me want to go buy yet another notebook. So I feel like you're the perfect person to give people tips and tricks for making the most of everyone else's notebooks. Hopefully everyone else has like 12 empty notebooks on a shelf somewhere as well. And it's not just me. I don't know what somebody's doing listening to this podcast if they're not a notebook girly. Like, I feel like that is our target audience. (laughs) It's true. Honestly, we're talking to the notebook people, the page flag people, the people who are very particular about post-it notes. Oh, yes. For sure. (laughs) Exactly. The tabs people, all of them. Yes. So to start, tell us about your general experience with journaling. Like, how did you get into it? Have you always been into it? Were you like the 10-year-old with a very elaborate diary? I was definitely the 10-year-old with a very elaborate, like very spicy (laughs) diary. Um, But yeah, I've always just loved writing things down. I think early on when I was little, I discovered like I am not artistic. Like I'm not the girl that's going to even draw you like a stick figure that looks like something. But I always loved reading and I really liked words. And I was like, oh, this is also kind of like a form of art and expression. So I was always like the girl that needed to have a notebook all the time. Loved a good pen when the gel pens were like the biggest thing. I was that girl in school, like with like, oh my God, what were they called? Do you remember the pencil boxes everyone had that were like clear and then some kind of neon color? 
Oh, yeah. It was a sad space in it, but I always had like one of those like full of all my colored gel pens. So always just loved it. And then the older I got, the more it just kind of like evolved and stuck with me. Now, do you still have your notebooks from when you were a 10 year old? I think I have journals going back to when I was like 16. Do you ever reread them? Unfortunately, yes, I do. (laughs) I think that's the coolest thing. Whenever anyone has been a lifelong journaler who comes on, I have the biggest FOMO that you can go back and revisit that. Yeah, it's fun. It's cringe, but it is fun because I was very dramatic at 16. And my best friend and I actually, when we were like maybe 13, and we do still have this, we wrote this journal together called The Book. And it was when we like planned out our entire like lives and we were like reflecting on all the people we like, the people we hate. And we would like every year we would go through and look at it. And we stopped doing it before we went to college. But I'm like, it's it's very cringe with some of the stuff has manifested. Ooh. That is so funny because my friends and I had a series of notebooks that we passed back and forth at school uh, and it, we had a very similar like name for it and I still have them and they're horrible and amazing <laughs> at the same time. Uh, In the front of the book, we said we wrote a dedication about how we were going to give them to our future children. And now that we've read them in our 20s and 30s, we've decided it's for the best that they never see those books. They remain buried away somewhere. Bury them with us. Yes. <laughs> I think ours have various cutouts of Robert Pattinson just throughout. So it's it's best that they stay hidden. Um, tracks. Mail them but to t- Robert Pattinson. See what he thinks. <laughs> Not creepy Ooh, not at all. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Probably not the weirdest thing he's ever gotten, honestly. Oh, absolutely not. But tell us about your journaling routine today. Like, break it down for us. Like, what does your day look like start to finish in terms of journaling? I'm going to preface this and say, I'm, like, really into this. So no one needs to be as <laughs> into it that's as why I you're am. Here. But it's, like, it's my thing. Like, some people do other things. I write things down in notebooks. So... This year, for the first time, and Olivia, I think you also have one. And maybe you do too, Becca. I got a five-year journal. Yes, Yes. that's the only journaling I do. I've never successfully journaled. I love it. Because I feel like I have a – well, I don't know. First of all, I don't have great hand strength. But then also I feel like at some point I'm like in the journal and I like mess up and then I don't want to use it anymore. Like the minute you have to like cross off too much, I'm like, no, this one's done. It's broken. You have to embrace the mess. But I do agree. Like the five-year journal is nice because you have such a finite amount of space. So you don't feel overwhelmed by having to like fill a page. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I felt like I turned 30 this year and I was like, I would love to have just like one book that had small like snippets of like the whole first half of my 30s. Yeah. So if I like keep my shit together, can I curse on this? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. If I can keep my shit together long enough to have two, I could have like a whole decade of my 30s, like in small snippets. That to me, like that idea is just like nirvana for me. So I write in that. I don't take it with me. Like it doesn't leave the house. So like if I go on a trip, sometimes I'll like write down whatever a couple of sentences that I want to transfer onto the day. But I like don't bring it outside of the house ever. So that is the one journal. I, I do and then that I have too. Like, I'm afraid of losing it. Yeah. So if I ever, sometimes I'll do catch-up days too. Like I don't write yeah. necessarily every day, but I'll just be like three days at a time. Like, Yeah, totally. And it's like, I, I hate to travel like heavy. Like yeah. I like to travel as light as possible. My biggest so fear is just that. leaving it somewhere and then somebody just having all your deep, like, dark secrets. Wow, five years worth of this person. Oh my gosh, the scandal. <laughs> or or a rom-com meet cute. It could be either. Oh. I feel like that that should be a rom-com meet That sounds obviously. like the start of a book. <laughs> a journaling rom-com. Write that down. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Tell us about the non-five-year journal piece. 
yeah, the non-five-year journal, it's like my journal journal. So that's where I'll like long form, like write things out. But it's not always like sitting down and writing down like today was a great day. It was 72 degrees. Like some days it'll be a list. One night I wrote the word like insomnia in the middle of a page and just like wrote little things all around that about like how insomnia was ruining my life. Like it takes on different formats and forms, but that's the one where I do it. I would say like every other day at this point, I'm not like every day with it, but those are like the more traditional, I guess, journal entries that people think of when they hear a journal. So those are like the only two things that I really do consistently. But then like sometimes if I'm like writing something in my planner, I'll like write a sentence or two that kind of feels journaly. Like if I took a sick day, I'd be like, oh my God, today I had the flu. I took these medicines. Like I just love the idea of being able to go back and being like, what happened that month and seeing all those little things. Yeah. Now, what about bullet journaling? Because I see you post bullet journaling spreads on your Instagram. Is that what's in your kind of long form journal or is that a totally separate planner? So it's separate. I actually, this is the first year in like six years that I'm not bullet journaling. Ooh, I'm experimenting oh, with, can I just, I'm experimenting with like, can I just use a regular planner for the entire mm. year? So I'm like almost five months in and I really, really want a bullet journal again. <laughs> oh. But yeah, like I just love, so I feel like if you look at any bullet journal hashtag or Pinterest or whatever, it's very easy to get very overwhelmed and very confused like quickly because people interpret it so many ways. But like at its most basic form, a bullet journal is a planner that you're kind of making as you go. So instead of having like a pre-written book that has every month and every week and every day dated for you, you just do what you need and add in anything else in between. So like maybe every month you make a list of like gratitude or like books to read or like you have every like page or entry and those are called spreads. So maybe you have a spread with just like groceries that you need to order every week or like when's the last time I did blank and you write in like the last time you cleaned your air filter or the last time you like did your dishwasher filters like all those random things like those kind of collections and spreads go in there but I've always loved bullet journaling because it's just so flexible and life changes so much and you, I get sometimes with planners, like I feel guilty when I have like a chunk of empty pages. And I think a lot of people do. And it's yeah. why people can't stay consistent. So the great thing about bullet journaling is it's very open to interpretation, which also freaks some people out. <laughs> but you never have that like guilt of I got this book and I didn't use it. My perception from the outside is that it takes so much prep and work. So how much time does it take you to set up I don't know on what frequency you you do set mm-hmm. up if it's like daily, weekly, monthly. It helps when you're not artistic. If you can't draw, it'll be a breeze because I feel like the longer oh. setups are the people who are like okay. doing really elaborate like calendars and like every month has a theme and everything has a doodle. Like for me at the mm. beginning of each month, I would like draw out a calendar and sometimes that would mean I was drawing like box style, but sometimes it also just meant I was like numbering one to 31 And that was like my calendar for the month where I can put like my bird's eye view things like you have a doctor's appointment this day. You're recording a podcast this day, like very basic stuff every week. If I needed a weekly layout, I would just like draw seven lines on a page and list them Monday through Sunday. And then I could write whatever, like appointments, deadlines, like things that were super time specific. And then most people I feel like make a daily to do list. That was the only other thing I did. So I just write the date. And whatever needed to get done that day. I think the true like magic of the bullet journal system is that it causes you to be super reflective 
about like even basic tasks. So you write your to-do list and everything has a bullet next to it. If you finish the thing, you can put an X through it so you know it's done. If you didn't finish it, you can put like a symbol on it that migrates it like an arrow to migrate it to the next day. So that tells yourself, I have to do this tomorrow. If you know you're not going to do it tomorrow, you put an arrow backwards and you migrate it onto your monthly. Like I have to finish this at some point during the month. So you always know where to look to see like what's done, what's not done, and what has to be rescheduled, which is nice. Let's take another quick ad break. A question I ask myself very often about all kinds of things is, is this normal? Is this mole normal? Is this freckle normal? Is this headache normal? You get the idea. But the only person who should really be answering those questions is a doctor. And that's why it's so much better to book an appointment and see a professional than it is to ask those questions to your group chat, for example. And that's why I love using ZocDoc. There are thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc that are there to help you. And they listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. It's the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. I think I've used ZocDoc to book almost every doctor's appointment that I've made in the last two years, and I've used it for long before that as well. It's helped me stay on top of my health and well-being, and I love how easy it is to use. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash B-O-P. ZocDoc.com B-O-P. Okay, so my question is, what are you missing now about bullet journaling? with all the journaling you're still doing? Like, what is the one thing that you think it gives you that these these other forms of journaling don't? It's just like the extra space to do whatever you want. Like, if you have a planner, it has a preset number of pages that are already, like, designed to do a thing. Like, it's designed to hold your plans for the day or the week or the month. With a bullet journal, you just have a book with a bunch of empty pages. So if, like, on a random Wednesday, you're like, I really want to write a list of books that I saw on Instagram. Or I really want to write down like a list of movies that are coming out that I want to see. Or I want to make a list of gifts I need to buy for my friends for birthdays this month. Or I'm going on vacation. I want to put a random packing list in. You can do that in a place that doesn't need like a separate sheet of paper or a post-it or another notebook. So it kind of condenses things. And then at the end of the year, you can look back and not just see like all the stuff that you did and the plans you made, but like the little things that filtered in in between, which is nice. Yeah, I love that. Maybe You're I like need a almost girl. selling me on this, and I feel like I... I'm telling you, I think if you want to do it, don't look at any of like the online inspo. Just get a notebook and get a, one pen, one highlighter. Like limit yourself. Okay, I mean, that's, and it that's it will, it's a game changer. It's a real game changer. So I'm curious, kind of with all your three separate types of journals, your five year journal, your um, like more long form journal, and your bullet journal slash planner, like, how do you think about, like, what are the main benefits for you? Is it mostly about looking back for future you? Or is there, is it about like reflection in the moment? Like, what do you feel like you're getting out of them? And and maybe it's different for each one. Yeah, I do feel like it's kind of different for each one, like bullet journaling and planning. It just helps to like, have your life all on paper. And for me, like, I use Google Calendar, like, 
they're great online systems, but nothing feels real to me unless I write it down with pen and paper. Like there's just something about physically having to write something down that makes it so much more significant in my head and makes me way less likely to forget about it or actually not do it. So I think the power of just pen and paper and the fact that you have to slow down, like I'm busy, like I have a lot going on, but when you have to write something down with pen and paper, you physically have to like slow down and slow your brain down to do it. And I think that is a huge benefit. I love the ability to go and reflect as well. Not even just like reflecting, like this deep emotional reflecting, but I think sometimes we get caught up where we're like, what have I even accomplished this year? What have I even done this month? And to be able to flip back and say, you actually did a lot. Like you actually had three weeks where you had no time for anything. It makes sense that you're tired. It makes sense that you're stressed. It makes sense that you're overwhelmed. It kind of helps to like put your life into greater perspective and make you a little bit less self-critical. Yeah, I, I find that too with journaling for sure. One thing I did want to ask you is I feel like we have a lot of listeners that also have the five-year journal or who have purchased it recently. I find even though we were talking about how it's like a little bit easier to write because it's just a few lines, some people have told me that they get stuck. So do you have any suggestions for prompts for something really short and simple, like a five-year journal that people can go to every day if they have no idea what else to write? Yeah, I think it almost helps if instead of thinking about it as this big, like this has to encapsulate five years of my life, like dedicate it to being only to document like one type of thing. Like journaling does not have to be deep. If you want five years worth of what I ate today, that would be something cool to look back on. I've seen some people who will take like a three-year journal or a five-year journal and every time they have a kid, they get a new one and they give them to their kids at the end. So it's like a note to that kid every day of the year for five years. Or you could do like a gratitude. I think gratitude's always the easiest thing because it's easy to sum up in a sentence or two. Like, what were you grateful for today? Let that be the thing that you write in your five-year journal in a sentence or two. I have an idea that may or may not float with everyone. I have mine sitting next to me. I do not know where either of yours are. Is everyone willing to read the most recent? You can pick like if, if it's like too cringe or too personal, like but like just one oh, yeah. of your ones from like the past week or so. Yeah, I'll grab mine. It's like across the room. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Huh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is getting juicy. <laughs> Olivia has a look on her blank face. pages in yours. Really? Do you skip days ever? I try to catch up if I miss a day, but I I do have like a couple of blank days because like two of the pages stuck together and then I didn't realize and then I like didn't know what to do. And so I was just like, well, here we are. Well, here we are. Yeah, been there. Oh my gosh. I can go first since I suggested this. Yes, This is yesterday's and it is not embarrassing. So I feel like I have the least skin in this game. Um, So this is literally from April 20th yesterday. Um, I wrote, started the AM with a reread of the first 80 pages of Tis the Damn Season, which is my book two. Um, And I really don't hate it. It's not fun or funny yet. And I'm not sure if it should be, but it does hold together. And that was all I wrote. I love it. That's a good one. Oh, man. Am I next? Whoever wants to be next. Olivia looks very stressed. I know she looks upset. I'm very. I you don't, don't know have to. Choose. No, no, I want to. I love doing this. Amber, you go, and then I'll choose mine. Okay, so mine from yesterday was had a really great therapy session. Really vibing well with this doctor. Excited to lean in, even though the work will be annoying. 
Okay, I will read mine from April 20th, which was yesterday, last year. How about that? Ooh. Sure. Um, did a photo shoot with David's bridal today. <laughs> Two of the samples didn't fit. Then did a podcast interview and everything went wrong, which I don't even know what that was. But me either. It's ironic because the beginning of this was a hot mess for me. <laughs> I said, just not my day, but... I think I meant to say tomorrow is new, but I wrote today is new. <laughs> so maybe that was your brain telling you like, <laughs> actually, you're already doing better than you think. <laughs> yeah, it's a good reminder, though, because I couldn't tell you what podcast interview that was and <laughs> really stressed it's, about stuff like that. It's so interesting to see what had you knotted up and then for you a year later to be like, I don't yeah. even remember that. It didn't even matter. That's like the beauty of the five year journal, I think. Exactly. Um, okay. So Amber, I'm curious if somebody is new to journaling, not bullet journaling, but just, you know, either five-year journaling or keeping a long form journal. And I think I'm maybe asking this for myself. I feel really intimidated by it. Like what is your best Mm -hmm. tip to get started? Yeah, it is intimidating. Like a blank page is a lot. I always say, well, first of all, don't buy a notebook that you feel like is too pretty Mm. or too precious. Like, I think that sometimes we go out and we find like the notebook and then you put these unrealistic expectations on yourself to like write the next great American novel in your journal. And that's just not going to be the reality for most of us. Like we're going to write about the most mundane things that felt really important. And then a year from now, we won't even remember the details of fully. So like get a notebook that you like enjoy writing in. And that doesn't feel daunting to you because so much of it is just like, do I want this book around all the time? So when something notable happens, I'm willing to pick it up and write it down. Do you have, speaking of like solid, not pretty journals, do you have suggestions for a few journaling supplies that you think everyone needs, whether you're a, whether you're an expert journaler or a novice? Yeah. I think that everyone should take the time to like figure out your notebook preferences because that really is like half the battle. If you try to like make fetch happen and like force yourself into a box because everyone else is writing in that kind of notebook and you hate it, you will never write in it because you're just going to hate the experience. So like I really like Japanese notebooks because they use thinner paper and you can fit more pages in a notebook without having like a big, chunky, heavy notebook. Mm. So like I use a brand called Stalogy and they make like two different kinds of notebooks in a various sizes. But like they make a 365 days and then they do like a half year version. So you can have 365 days, like a page for every year in one book. But it's like so thin. You would never think that you had that many pages in one notebook or you could do the half year size. And I like it in the B6 size, which is like roughly a little bit shorter than like a paperback, like a standard paperback. Okay. So I like it because it's portable. I have to be able to like fit it in a fanny pack because I like like to take my journal with me. So if I'm like, oh, I have 30 minutes to kill at a coffee shop, it's not like a big thing to like pull out my journal and like write a little bit. Um, So that to me, like that's probably my go-to notebook recommendation, but like decide what works for you. Like if you're the person that likes like really heavy duty pens, like really thick pens or like you write with felt tip pens or markers, something with thin paper might not work as well for you because you might get like bleed through or like you can see the words on the other side of the page. You might need something with thicker paper. Um, Midori also makes like really good notebooks that are pretty cheap as well. They're like in the eight to $10 range, but have really great paper can handle like a bunch of different kinds of pens. 
Um, so like good notebook that meets your preferences is my number one. A good pen, which is just whatever pen does not frustrate you to write with. Like what is your if you what is your pen of choice? I have strong feelings and I I think I know <laughs> I that my feelings. feelings are not your feelings. Oh are you a felt tip marker person? Yeah, I am. I oh, figure you are. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought I remembered that from like another episode. Yeah, actually. I like like a a paper mate what are these called the, like the paper mate felt tip ones it's like the oh yeah yeah it's like the flare yeah the something. flare ones and then i i don't actually use this to write in my 5 year journal because it's too thick and i can't write as much so i use a le pen i have a hot pink uh, okay le pen that i oh, use I like but that's pen. that's also a felt tip I like right le pen. yeah it's like a thinner felt tip yeah it's just thinner yeah and I, well, I do. I like those, but I can't do anything with those like every day. <laughs> I bought. I don't think I could write like a full journal entry with it, but I, I can write a few lines and I bought a bunch of hot pink ones. And I have this idea in my head that for my five year journal, I'm going to pick a different color every year. So this year is going to be hot pink and then next year is going to be I don't know what it's going to be. That's a I good idea. That. I saw someone do that and I was like, wow, that's a great idea. I wish I would have seen this four I, months ago. I lose pens too frequently. <laughs> so wait, what is what are your pens of choice? Both of you, actually. So when it's like a regular pen, I like a good gel pen, but I don't like a thick pen mm. because I feel like my writing, like my handwriting varies, but it's usually on the smaller side. So my favorite gel pens are like the Pentel inner gel pens. I have like 8 million of them, like these. I'm so afraid they're going to get discontinued. Every month I like have a panic attack and just like order 10 more. Like I'm just, they're my go-to like good black pens and they're great because you can highlight over them and they don't smear. Mm. Oh, that's a good, that's which, a good feature which is important to me because like I don't do artistic things. So if I'm adding something to the p- page for like flair, it's going to be just me highlighting something probably. Um, but last year, randomly, I don't know how, I got got into fountain pens. Yes, I saw this. Oh. Tell me about fountain pens because I, I don't know if it's, I've ever tried one. To be I don't honest. even know what, I mean, I know what it is, I guess, but wh- what makes them different? Like, I'm picturing like the businessman Mount Blanc pen in a stand. I'm picturing a yeah, quill like, basically. I mean, kind of, sort of, like, oh, yeah. it gives quill S. It, it has like a quill. calligraphy nib, kind of. Yeah. Sort of. So there's like, it's like a whole other world, like the same way you could deep dive into like types of notebooks. The fountain pen world is like even more like niche and vast. But I don't know. I, I truly don't know how I decided one day to like walk into a store and be like, I'm going to buy a fountain pen. And then like six months later, I was like, is this my whole personality? Um, But there's so many from like, Seven dollars to seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand like, dollars. Imagine oh, being yeah. the type of person that buys a seven thousand dollar pen. Like we need like to on find a that person and interview them <laughs> because know. you know Seriously. there's some other weird. Stuff I actually going on. would love to talk to that person. You I would either too. have to like have so much money or take yourself and your writing so seriously. Also, what does your handwriting look yeah. like? Also a good question. There are people who like go to Japan and have like custom made pens. Yeah. Like it's a it's a thing. It's like a thing. There are pen shows. Like it's a it's a whole thing. I, I think I would actually geek out on going to a pen show. I think I would love that. Same. Yeah. I'm like, I think there's one in Philly and I'm like, should I Oh, go? you absolutely yeah. should go. They should pay you to be there. I feel like you're the target influencer that needs to they be. They should in give this. me a booth, honestly. I'll sell so many pens. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, fountain pens are like a whole other world because it's not just the pen, it's the ink because they don't have ink in them when you get them. So you can fill them with like any 
possible ink out there and there are so many types and then the inks do different things like some inks are shimmery some have something called shading so as you're writing you see like different color profiles like maybe it starts off blue and then it becomes purple or it becomes green like it's like a whole thing I think I'm turned on I like (laughs) I'm telling you it's like I literally have a tab open right now with like three more pens that I'm about to order. Oh my gosh. That are not $7,000 just for the record. I mean, I would support that just to know what it's like. I feel like I could figure out a way to make it a tax write-off if I really tried. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if there are people who are looking for more journaling inspiration, who should they follow on the internet? My number one suggestion is if you're not a Reddit person, become one and look at the journaling subreddit. It's so great. People will post just like full pages of their journal entries. They talk about supplies. They talk about notebooks. Every month, there's like an admin that posts like a prompt for every day that month. Like it's a well of knowledge. It's so good. And people are so nice. So like if you have questions about things, it's the best way to get like quick and easy answers from a really nice community who's also just like obsessed with writing words in books. That sounds so wholesome. It's very pure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So So it's like my number one. That's a good tip. Um, Okay. So moving on to reading for a little bit, because for those that don't know, Amber is a big reader as well. And she's been on the podcast to suggest books. So first of all, do you have a reading journal? Like, Like a reading specific journal where you log books or anything like that? I know a lot of people do. Yeah. I don't. I usually will write in my planner the day that I finish a book and what I rated it. But I I am so obsessed with people who have like full journals or like a full bullet journal dedicated just to books. It's like I aspire. I cannot. I, I do feel like they require a level of artistic ability that I just will never have. But for people who want inspo for a reading journal, Ashley, her Instagram is shelf help. And I could send you the link to her profile. Her book journal is just like aesthetic goals like it's beautiful she is like a spread for every book a spread for every character like breakdowns oh, like wow. I would I would read her book journal like a novel like it's that good I'm gonna follow th- I might already follow this person but if not I'm gonna follow them as soon as possible so good let's take another quick ad break this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. For most of us, I think there's a pressure to show up for everyone else before we show up for ourselves. We want to make everyone happy, meet all our deadlines, and never disappoint those who we love and respect. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you, though. And it often means that you don't take time to think about what you need for yourself. Therapy can be a great way to make sure you're taking care of yourself as much as you're taking care of other people. And BetterHelp can make it easy to book your first appointment. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible, so it works for your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get started. I know that I personally can easily slip into people-pleasing mode if I don't make time for myself and my own growth on a regular basis. And therapy has really helped me understand that if I'm not prioritizing myself and spending time with myself, that everything else tends to suffer too. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BadOnPaper to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BadOnPaper. Okay, so what are some books you have read lately and are loving? What would you suggest? I was very late to this party, but I just finished Part of Your Worlds by Abby Jimenez. No notes. 
Loved it. Oh. Like five stars. I've heard Loved such it good from things. Page one. I I literally I was on a plane and I was so I was annoyed I had to get off the plane because I was like, can't you see I'm on page like <laughs> I'm like I'm in the middle of a chapter. Like please do a lap around the airport or something. Like, like I'll go it was on the so next good. Leg. Where are you going next? Yes. Like where are you going? <laughs> it was so good. Like you will read it very quickly. It's a perfect like book in a weekend type book. Mm. And it was very cute and very pure. Um, so I love that. I also read The Neighbor Favor by Christina Forrest. Oh, I've oh. seen this one a lot, too. It was so fun. I read her first book and I really liked it. I did not read her first, but now I want to. And the premise for this one is what got me because it's a girl who has been like she wrote emails to her like favorite author and they like kind of form this like email like romance. And then he ghosts her essentially. And and then I'm trying to remember like what's in the synopsis so I don't spoil the book. But like basically she then she meets a neighbor and she's falling for the neighbor. But the neighbor is also helping her like it's not a fake dating thing. It's like the neighbor is helping her find a date to her sister's wedding. And then like romance ensues and then you find out there's just it's just, oh, it's I've, really cute. Just read it. It just sounds it. very cute. Are the, those are out now, right? Those are both out now. And then. Oh, also Wahala. Oh, I loved that book. I loved that book. It was so fun. I feel like that book did not get enough hype. Agreed. And I feel like people were like saying that they're all unlikable. And I'm like, I think that's the point. That is the point. Like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, little do you know, the people that feel like everyone in that book was unlikable and not redeemable don't realize that all their friends are actually insufferable. (laughs) That's my theory. I didn't I read that, but I know what you I just mean, report so the facts. It's like you don't realize how awful your friend group is. That's the problem. Oh, I loved that book. So good. Um, what about upcoming releases? Are there any things that are coming up that you're excited about? Yeah, well, I'm very excited for your book, Becca. Oh, thank I you. To read it. I think it'll be so fun. But on the romance side, Alexa Martin has a new book coming out this year, Next Door Nemesis. Didn't she just have a book come out? How fast is she churning these out? She's a quick one. Like, Alexa is a fast writer. <laughs> and she would disagree with me, but she's a very fast writer. Huh. Um, yeah, her last book was, oh, my God, why am I blinking? It was the bookstore one. Uh, Better Than Fiction came out last year. Okay. So this year, it's Next Door Nemesis. It's enemies to lovers. And it's these two people who, like, went to high school together. And now they're, like, fighting with each other by running for president of their homeowners association. <laughs> oh, I kind of love that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, it's going to be a really funny read. I've only read, like, a couple pages of it, but it's hilarious. I love the niche politics of any social group. So I feel like a homeowner's Same. organization would be right up my alley. Yes, because it's going to be so ridiculous. There's just so much room for ridiculous shenanigans. Yep. Like, love it. And then V.E. Schwab, for all the fantasy sci-fi lovers out there, has a new series. And the first book comes out, I think, in September. And it's called The Fragile Threads of Power. So her first, like, she has this other trilogy called The Shades of Magic trilogy, which whether you were, like, a deep fantasy lover or just getting into it, I think you would like that series. Basically, it takes place in a world where there are four different versions of London, and there are these people called Antari who can travel between all those worlds. And each world has, like, a different association or, like, level of magic. So this new series is following a person who can travel through all those worlds, but it's set in a slightly different world. Hmm. Oh, that sounds really interesting. 
it's really good. Her writing style is also just very approachable. So it's like not fantasy where you're going to feel like you've read the same page 10 times and you still don't quite know what's <laughs> happening. Like you can picture the world that she's describing. She's one of my favorite authors. Um, so I'm really excited for this new series from her. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for all of this. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you to get journal inspiration, reading inspiration, everything? Yeah. Pen inspiration? Yeah. Pen inspiration. Pen inspiration. <laughs> ink inspiration now <laughs> where they can find your booth at the philadelphia pen convention <laughs> yes i'll be in the convention center at booth uh <laughs> just kidding no let's manifest that um, yeah. but yeah i am by amber burns on anywhere social media is sold uh, my blog is by amberburns.com and my podcast is called thank you for asking thank you so much amber Wait, amber are you on tiktok tangentially like oh, I'm, okay. I'm trying to become a girl who can tiktok it's just too much of a laid-back app for me i think i'm <laughs> I think I'm looking for pen reviews or like pen demos <laughs> from you. It, it oh, could be okay. real. Oh, on TikTok. That could I be could, good. I could do that. I could do that. That's actually something that's on my to film list. You don't have to, Ooh. but I'm I would be an avid consumer if you did. I'll be there too. Let me hit checkout on this cart just for you, Becca, <laughs> so oh. that I have some fresh <laughs> material. I don't to know bring whether to, to the say gram. you're welcome or I'm sorry. <laughs> Both are accepted. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Into some end matter. Olivia, I am thrilled that we both have the same obsession. I thought we might, and it's very satisfying that we do. <sighs> Should we say it on three? No, you say it. <laughs> <laughs> my obsession and your obsession is The Diplomat on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. This is... I mean, we are in an age of great TV, so I think it's hard to be like, this is the best show I've seen this year because I think shrinking is maybe also oh, up there, but they're so different. Same. But this was, this scratched such an itch for me that I feel like is in the same vein as like a Homeland. I was very into Homeland throughout the whole run. And oh, it was so good. Yeah, I totally agree. I guess I kind of knew what to expect, but it surprised me still. I feel like it's like Succession meets Homeland. And yes, I agree with that. We were texting about this and I said it it like made me laugh a lot, which it's not, it's not really a comedy at all. But it has that sort of like dark, twisted, dry humor that Succession has. And I really liked it. So if you haven't heard about it, the premise is that Carrie Russell plays this career diplomat who usually takes posts in kind of dangerous or war-torn areas of the world. And she is supposed to be going to Afghanistan and instead gets posted as the ambassador to the UK, which is kind of this like very different ceremonial uh, position. And she brings with her her husband, who's also a career diplomat, who's kind of like I don't I don't know how to describe him like he's used either. to being the star of the show. It's a very interesting dynamic about their marriage. Um oh my gosh, the whole thing is so good. There's political intrigue, there's spycraft, there's it, yeah. romantic intrigue, there's friendship. Oh my gosh, it is so good. I watched it in 24 hours. I started it on Saturday night at probably like 9 p.m. I was done by noon the next day. Like I could not stop myself. I stayed up way too late, woke up the next morning, immediately started watching. It was so satisfying. 
So good. I think that Carrie Russell and Rufus Sewell, who who plays her husband, will both win awards for it because they are so good in their respective roles. Like, so, so good. I can't decide who is better, to be honest. I I think they both deserve it. Also, I need everyone to watch this show because it has not been given a season two yet. And if this show does not get given a season two, I will riot. And it will be all your fault, listener. So don't don't do this to me. That is shocking to me. I just assumed that it had. No. As of Sunday, there was not news of a season two. I will. We will burn down this place. I don't know what this place is, but you and I will yeah. go to Netflix and yeah. it will get ugly. L- maybe let's not threaten violence on a, on a was, I, publicly traded clear, company on our podcast. To be clear, I would not do that. We will write a strongly worded letter about our displeasure. Yes. When I said burn down this building, I meant that emotionally. Right. Of course. Right. I'm so sad it's over. Me too. What about reading? What have you been reading? reading? I finished two books that were both famous person, normal person, romances. Which were they? So I finished Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld, which is everywhere. This is about a writer who is on a a show that is basically SNL, who falls in love with the celebrity host. Who were you picturing as the celebrity host? Because I was picturing something that I don't think is right, but that was who I was picturing. Okay, this is a really interesting question because I struggle with this. I felt like it was supposed to be John Mayer or something. Mm-hmm. But who are you picturing? <laughs> so this isn't this isn't right, but I was picturing Machine Gun Kelly. Oh my god. <laughs> He's described as the hair. It was the description of the hair is what gave me Machine Gun Kelly. It is it's true, his hair is fake. Um more power to him, but that's a whole plot line that the the celebrity wears big hair interesting so i was picturing tina fey falling in love with machine gun kelly i definitely would not have been as into the book if i spent that much time thinking about machine gun kelly were you into it yeah i really 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 liked this book i really liked i think that it was like a very slow build i could have probably done without the pandemic stuff just because like i don't really want to read about that but I just loved their email exchanges so much, which is like the whole middle section of the book. Like it, they just made me giddy. Like just, I just found them very delightful. So I really enjoyed this one. What was your second one that you read? I also read, thanks to your recommendation, The Bodyguard by Catherine Center, which you already talked about. So I won't give the synopsis, but uh, it's about a bodyguard and a real person and a celebrity. And I thought it was really, really fun, really delightful. You don't, I don't seem enthusiastic yeah. enough. I I did. I liked it. I I it didn't change my life, but I really liked it. Oh, I was just so delighted by it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I also have never really read such like a PG romance, which was mm. kind of interesting. And I feel like it relied a lot more on the chemistry between the two of them. And I thought there was a lot of that, and I really liked it. I finished it in like a few days. So, or I guess it took me a week. But Anyway, I really liked it. I don't know. Fine. (laughs) You don't believe me? Well, I loved it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I'm somewhere between like and love, but it's positive. It's all positive. Okay. 
What did you read? Wow, this is just a Catherine Center advertisement now. <laughs> I'm in my Catherine Center era. That's all I can tell you. So I immediately after I finished that book, bought Things We Save in a Fire, which I think is her her most popular book. And it's from 2020, I believe. And this one, so I found The Bodyguard to be really, really funny versus this one was much more serious and sad even. It was very good. I really liked it. I still think I liked The Bodyguard better because it just, The Bodyguard had such perfect, to me, 90s rom-com vibes versus this one. The vibes were different, but it was it was good in a different way. So this one is about a female firefighter who ends up moving to a small north shore of Boston town to help her ailing mother. And she gets sent to this fire station that's like not very progressive whatsoever. It's like all men, very old school. She's the first woman there. um, And she's trying to find her way in this new it's like kind of a fish out of water story. Very, very good. Has a lot to say about discrimination against women. I thought it was great. I would definitely read other books by her. Well, I finished this one and then I already bought my next one. I just keep buying, like, I'm kind of just like swinging from one monkey bar to the other. How of many Catherine books does Center she have? I-, I want this to be like 12 weeks of Catherine Center just advertising. Um, I don't know. I think maybe like seven or eight books. Oh, wow. So, all right. I, I will say that I'm reading something else in between right now. So I'll have something that's not Catherine Center next week. But like, I dare myself to go a week without reading the next one. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. They're very like readable. Very crushable. And, and very, very funny, too. I also thought that. Well, would you like to unveil our May book club pick? Sure. For May, we're doing a book that I don't think anyone has heard of, which is... Yeah, it's really unique and original and like props to us for discovering this. (laughs) No, we're doing Happy Place by Emily Henry. And I think we'll make this sort of an an Emily Henry extravaganza. We'll talk about our favorite Emily Henrys. Maybe you can share some of yours. We'll play Fuck, Marry, Kill with characters, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens, but yeah, we're going to read it and then talk about it. <laughs> send us some voicemails. Let us know your favorite Emily Henry book. Let us know your dream casting because all of the books are becoming movies. So let oh, us yeah. know who you picture as them because as we've covered, we're not very good at that. If you have any Fuck, Mary Kills or games or whatever that you want us to play on the air, send us a voicemail. Please do. You can leave us a voicemail at 843-405-3157. Or you can record yourself on a voice note if you want to make sure you have a couple takes. And you can email it to us at badonpaperpodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, you can find us in the Facebook group at Bad on Paper Podcast if you want to share any of your favorite journaling prompts or anything at all. You can find us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast as well. And I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I feel like we are now... Inside of five months, I need to give a kind of regular plug that I would love you to pre-order my book, The Christmas Orphans Club, which comes out September 26th, and you can get it wherever books are sold. I would also love you to pre-order Becca's book. So now you have both of us pressuring you kindly from afar. Thank you. Don't make us send you a strongly worded letter because we will. (laughs) You know we will. Netflix isn't safe and neither are you. (laughs) All right. Okay, bye. Bye.